morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material Podcast, your favorite Google podcast on the block. My name is Florence Ion. I am here joined by my co-host, Anya Notko, and this is episode number triple two. That's two, 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 <laughs> also known as the country code for Mauritania, which, fun fact... In April of this year, the FCC warned consumers not to return phone calls from unknown callers in the 222 country code because it's connected to a widespread phone scam. What isn't connected to a phone scam these days, Andy? Certainly nothing that, well, uh, nothing that I've been involved in for at least six years. And that, that that's all I should probably say because we're both recording this. And so, but yes, and uh, um, th- uh, we could also more uh, more cheerfully uh, harken back to those uh, halcyon days of uh, yesteryear television, uh, Room 222, uh, in which uh, uh, teens of the sev- of the early 70s, late 60s, that transitional uh, boomer area, era, era who are facing an uncertain future with the wars in Southeast Asia – Learn to live and laugh and love in a suburban or urban high school. Actually, I've never seen it. All I know is that there was a character named Bernie, and he had really, really big hair, like like a white white guy afro. There's always a Bernie. There's always a Bernie with giant hair, or just like some sort of hair situation. Even yeah. Bernie Sanders has his own hair situation. It's like, let me give you the name Bernie, mm. and you just, See, you I, just I, fall into hair. I don't approve of that. I'm saying I, I'm sure he has mm. lots of great qualities as a candidate, as a human being. I'm just saying that if he can't just like run a comb through his hair when he knows he's going to be on television, I or at least do what I do and like put a hat on to cover the fact that you have not been able to do anything with your hair since um, documentary evidence, seventh grade photo day at school. I think my hair was Uh, going great on that day. After that, it's just either brill cream or a hat. Yeah, um, I didn't brush my hair for you today. I'm sorry. It's cl- <laughs> just completely put it in ponytail after getting up this morning. Uh, that is kind of the nice thing about long hair, though. <laughs> it just settles. Yeah, that, that's that's the that's one of the main reasons why. Like, I decided to grow a ponytail like shortly after college, and I kept mm. it until like I could the, the until pretty much the last week that I could credibly hold on to a ponytail. It wasn't a fashion thing. It wasn't a society thing. It was hey. That means that instead of like having to comb and plaster my hair down, if I just put a rubber band or an elastic in the back of it, mm-hmm. that will hold all of my hair in place and keep it mm-hmm. from going into a million different directions. That's why Orthodox priests do it. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I discovered last night when my husband came home, uh, he and our hairstylist have decided that he's going to grow a mullet. I just want everybody to think about me, ple- any prayers that you want to offer my way. Really appreciate it. Oh, I, uh, I feel as though there's a story, <laughs> and this story ends with that barber being disbarred from whatever certification he has to have in oh, order to no. be a barber. Oh no, she it's 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 coming back in style. It's no, it isn't. It's this it, whole it really wave. isn't. It's see, you say it, that. See, well, but... see again when we when people use the the phrase "coming back in style," it's like the tide going in or the phases of the moon. People have to like go to the deep dark hole that we threw that hairstyle in in the early 90s and rappel down and retrieve it and bring it back up going foot by foot by foot up up, up this rope i'm suggesting that they don't need to do that and they shouldn't do that mm-hmm. well we'll see i'll i'll keep you all posted on okay. the mullet situation uh so just you know we like to do a little bit of catch up 
here at the beginning of the material podcast. Um, I have been relaying to Andy my week by week, uh, just step by step trying to put my house up for sale because that's a thing that you have to do in California to like get anywhere. And so it's been quite a process of just like clearing out the entire house of things and all the unnecessary items basically whittled down to the essentials, which unfortunately somehow means I've, I only have eight pairs of shoes. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to live with only eight pairs of shoes. Uh, I have definitely eight times that amount that I've packed away. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I like to have options. Uh, and I do take care of the shoes that I bring home into my home. I, you know, I polish them. I keep them. I keep the leather ones, you know, nicely polished. I keep my motorcycle boots. I keep them oiled up. You know, I like to k- take care of things because uh, you never know when stuff is, you know, going to be needed. So the one thing that I haven't put away into storage, however, are basically the tech things that I need to live and continue working in the house. Uh, you know, I, I have a smart home, so I still have connected bulbs. I still have a Google Wi-Fi set up around here. Um, I still have a security system. I still have a lot of Google Homes and smart speakers. So we had a realtor come over over the weekend because she needed to snap photos for the MLS listing, and which is like the the listing where all the realtors go, oh, this house is for sale. Here's some pictures. And uh, I basically, she told me, you need to take the cameras down. You can't have all these Nest cameras. Even if they're off, just the fact that they're plugged in, like people don't know. I guess people feel nowadays when they're walking through a house and, you know, maybe they want to talk about it, like between the two of them, maybe they're in another room and like, you know, it's a couple or whatever. And they want to like, and I've done this with my husband when we've gone to go look at places, like we'll go into another room and be like, I don't know if I like this like door, like, Oh God, this like, you know, this, this house smells like interesting. Could we, could we, could we get the smell out of this house? You know, like you want to say these things under your breath. But with the prevalence of microphones in people's houses, uh, my realtor had brought up Amazon because that's kind of the prevalent one in here in the burbs. You know, I have Google. And so I was like, don't worry. So we took down all the Nest cameras. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be talking about this though on the <laughs> podcast, but uh, we still put them back up when we're in a house. Um, I took down most of the Nest cameras, I should say, uh, except for the outdoor ones. And... Uh, I have muted all of the mics in the household and covered up all of the additional camera cameratry. I just made up that word, you know, because I have the Lenovo smart display so you could do video chat. Uh, and so I have to remember to do this through every room because if I don't, apparently that is going to, apparently a potential buyer would come in and say, oh, I don't, I don't want this house because it's possible they were listening into me without my consent. So that's a thing I did not think about uh, beforehand. I was just like, oh, well, I got to leave it up. You know, I'm still writing about this stuff. I'm still working. And anyway, I want to still be able to talk to my house to turn the lights on and off because <laughs> that's, this is my this is my daily interaction with my house. Uh, my realtor said, no, no, that does not, it does not bode well with folks who are coming through your house. It doesn't bode well with realtors who are coming through to look at your house. Uh on top of that, I was also told to make sure that I take out all of the fancy monitoring, like the thermostat, 
the the fire uh, the smoke detectors <laughs> the fire detectors uh, the, the smoke and carbon monoxide detectors like those little sensors that I have around the house because anything that's up can be included people will ask oh is this included in the price of the house and so my husband went and dropped. A ton of money, by the way. This stuff is not cheap, even like the old school stuff. He went and dropped a ton of money at the hardware store to replace all of like the smart things with the regular things so that when people come over now, like they know to settle their expectations. Like you are not getting a nest thermostat with this house. Like we (laughs) paid money for that. It's going with us. Uh, And it's just, it's been an interesting experience to say the least, just also to think about how the smart home fits in to the suburbs, because I think maybe in an urban area, maybe in a, you know, I have a lot of friends who live in the heart of Silicon Valley. So this thing is really commonplace, but I live deep out in the suburbs where people are just kind of, you know, I'm starting to see more ring doorbells pop up here and there. And it's, it's like becoming a thing, but people are still, they walk into a house and they're dubious if they see a camera, if they see a smart speaker, they go, oh, is it listening to me? Uh, so I, I have to do my part to make sure my house gets sold and people don't <laughs> think they're being surveilled. <laughs> so, see, I would, I, just a tidbit I, to I those would be, out there. Uh, in, this, in this day and age, I would be less worried about like the seller trying to eavesdrop on the ne- negotiations and more worried about <laughs> – this house isn't really for sale, is it? You just have a wacky YouTube channel, and then when like the real the <laughs> quote realtor unquote says, "Oh, and if you go through the foyer, that's where you have like the double bathroom." I'm gonna open it, and there's gonna be like a hundred million playground balls, or there's gonna be someone in a Michael Myers mask. And I'm gonna have to go ooh oh, oh, oh and run out of there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I signed no release. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, I, uh, you're on candid camera. <laughs> so, would you buy this house or not? Uh, please buy my house, by the way. <laughs> Just <Yes>. somebody. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, that's what's going on here in Flowland. Uh, Andy, what's going up in Andy Land? <laughs> Which, well, by the way, sounds like a very fun theme park. It is. There's, it's right adjacent to Shoots and Ladders Land. Uh, there's, yes. It's well, I'm I'm starting to lose my patience a little tiny bit. With a super annoying Wi-Fi bug in Chrome OS, uh, mm-hmm. because it's I don't that's, I, I, this is not uh, not just me. This is a problem that Google has noted, but not noted when they're going to fix it. Uh, for some reason, I'll like wake up my Chromebook and I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Google Docs, I'm connecting to my servers, I'm doing all that kind of stuff. But YouTube says, "Oh, you're offline. You want to go to go to downloads." And like, no, I, I don't want to go to downloads because I'm clearly online here. And they'll tab over to Chrome and type YouTube.com. You see YouTube, the app, YouTube, the website is accessible. No, mm. well, thanks for clicking the retry button, but you seem to be offline. Would you like to? Mm. And uh, and I th- uh, you, you think that, well, what if I close the app and restart it? No. What if I disconnect from Wi-Fi and reconnect? Sometimes, but not necessarily. But it uh, it sometimes affects other streaming apps like Netflix as well. Uh, it happened. It affected uh, the Comicsology app, which is mm. you know, because it's Wednesday, so I'm uh, get, getting my yes, getting it's my comic comics. book day. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's see the 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 what what really really sticks it to me about this thing is that 
all of the apps that are being affected are like entertainment apps that I use to relax when maybe I've just finished a stressful and strung out day of work. And I'm saying, okay, whew, there's a there's a brand new Winter Garden uh, Marble Machine X video today. I've been saving this all day long and now uh, I forgot. I'm not entitled to relax and watch a YouTube video. I have to debug and troubleshoot something first. That's my responsibility apparently. And <sighs> – yeah, and it's weird. I, I thought that there was some. There was a couple of reports that um, there was a bug that interacted poorly with certain VPNs. I'm uh, ExpressVPN is slash was slash will be uh, a sponsor of this show, and mm-hmm. I, I still like pay f- uh, top dollar for it uh, to because it's a good VPN service. They keep using same. It. Uh, and so and so, okay, fine. I will actually not just turn it off. I will deinstall it. I will remove the app, and that <gasps> didn't change anything. And so I just I I the thing that I value most of all about any computer is if I don't have to troubleshoot anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And mm-hmm. that, that's a different mm-hmm. thing from just things not breaking. Mm-hmm. I mean that mm-hmm. the reliability of a toaster, where you put bread in, you push this thing down. At mm-hmm. this point, it's the it's it is the toaster's responsibility to provide you with toast in three to seven minutes and you count <laughs> or waffles on or waffles <laughs> or warm okay. waffles or or if you're a freak who actually toasts the pop tarts and still eating them as as god's bounty as fresh from the vine as as intended and it's i just don't Keep like the, the thing where it's like okay i'm good now i'm gonna watch that wonderful new uh, new uh, season of marvelous mrs Maisel that i've been anticipating I've booked I have two hours to binge watch and after I get Netflix running, I should have another thirty to forty minutes left to watch it. So I'm it's it's the thing that's bumming 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 the hell out of me on my Chromebook right now. It's actually deteriorating my entire relationship with my Chromebook. Even though otherwise it's a perfectly fine Chromebook, I still love it. Mm. I'm but I just I it's it kind of dovetails in with how bad the YouTube app is in general. Where it's just mediocre. It's very much <laughs> the sort of app where, I've, uh, God, if you were like a, a freshman comp size student and this is going to be like your semester project in UI design and you all along you're in this, you're in this to get a degree and a gentleman's B. You don't really, you don't really care about excellence. I mean, it does the job, but it's not the sort of, it's the sort of thing that someone who is not, corporately and financially invested in the success of YouTube as a platform would give people the, the fact that I still have to have some sort of a plug-in just to get like picture in picture video, just to have watch a YouTube video that floats on top of all my Google docs windows and, and stuff like that. I, I feel as though they could be trying harder. So it's, I, I'm just disappointed. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, as much as I still love the portability of the Pixel Book and, you know, it remains my travel companion, I definitely have been using my Windows PC a lot more frequently just because I'm moving a lot faster on it. Uh, I can find more apps for it. And um, the experience overall is is the same experience I've had since I started using Windows in the 90s. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like you yeah. you have had this long relate. It's like when you stick with a kind of the, kind of the same car model. You're like, well, I've had these cars for years, and they've been reliable and lasted me this long. Why the heck would I? Why change? Why why change something that isn't broken? Kind of thing. And it's not to say that Chrome OS is broken, but it definitely 
when I think about what I need with me when I'm going on a work trip, I have to seriously think again, will the Chrome OS meet, will the Chrome OS device meet all of my needs? Uh, and I think this will be an interesting discussion that we will have in the next act when we talk about something else that's coming out yes. in the Chrome sphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do, um, we do have news for that. That's interesting. <laughs> it's not captivating news. Um, mm-hmm. We do have a couple of updates, one which is uh, short and trivial and one which is longer, <laughs> but much, much, much more wonderful. Uh, of course, you want the weekly uh, Gimping Gimping Bush experiment update. We are now uh, results number two and number three of podcast episode search results for quote, podcast about the Gimpy Gimpy. So our this is why evangelism and self-promotion is the key uh, to creeping up the search okay. results, you can game the system. You can pro- you can do the SA- SEO game. You can pay for pl- uh, paid place- placement, but really, it is all about that that big old that that standard just door to door. Introduce yourself as the candidate. Explain why you want to be the next city council person, uh, and that's just there's just nothing like good street level promotion. We need to get somebody from Google on this because now we officially have a sample size. Or whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> we officially have a, s- a sample, whatever uh, that we've been working on, a scientific sample, and I feel like I want to get somebody who has set. worked on there, this algorithm. There must be some way yes, we can thank monetize you. this. Yes. Listen, I study journalism, not maths. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so <laughs> we should get somebody on. Uh, I'm gonna reach out to Google about this in the next couple of days. See if I can get somebody on the line and be like, "Hey, listen." I would like to talk to somebody about this because I'm very curious about how we managed to game the algorithm because now we're gimpy, gimpy Bush influencers. Exactly. We are officially influencers. And if we're in the top in the top three spot. And when you, when you think about it, like when people Google about like room 222, it's because they they remember there was a character called Bernie and they suddenly – they got their board at work. They want to know, oh, gee, I wonder what that show is about. When someone is Googling uh, for the – about info, info about the Gippy Gippy Bush, it's because that they know that they are about to become – they're about to, to wade through Gimpy Gimpy Bush infested uh, areas of Australia and they do not want to brush against these poisonous leaves that are so painful that it's been described as being shot with a bullet full of acid. I th- so I think that they our advertising placement as an authority, as a respected Google uh, Google recognized authority on Gippy Gippy, we think we think that that's that's a very very important demographic and a very very lucrative demographic. Like like those fancy fancy magazines that only have like a circulation of a few thousand, but somehow like ads cost like eighty thousand dollars per column inch, and they're sold out for, for the next three years. That's what that's what I'm getting at. Uh, and I'm going to look up episodes of Room 222 because I just Googled it and I realized uh, this is this is an important piece of American history that I I need to peep in on. And now, now, now that you've Googled it, you probably know more about Room 222 than I do. All, all I know is that there was a joke on an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 where mm. a, a woman like was wearing – a stylish woman in the 60s was wearing this big like bushy pink uh, furry hat. And I, and I think uh, uh, Crow uh, said, hey, it's Bernie from Room 222. And that I'd heard about Room 222 and now I know there's a character named Bernie and then yes, you've 
So I should probably update. But we have much more important and wonderful news. We do, yes, we updates. do, we do, we do. Uh, so an update before we get to uh, our first ad and our first act. So you all probably know that this month we have been, Relay FM family has been participating in the in Childhood Cancer Awareness Month uh, with a fundraiser for St. Jude Hospital. So we are at a whopping 260K right now. Which is far exceeded has far exceeded our initial goal of seventy five k. That is that is beautiful. Um, that was helped partly by last week. Uh, our co founders Mike and Stephen they did a Twitch uh, podcastathon, and they were in doing all sorts of shenanigans, and they had all sort of guests, all sorts of guests uh, from the Relay FM family. And really, it was just really incredible to see, just to see the support yeah. coming in like hour after hour, to see the tweets that were coming through. Um, you know, it's it's really amazing. And I'm really proud of our listeners. And I'm very proud to be part of this network. Now, we still have a few days left in the month of September. We're recording this on September 25th. You will probably hear this around September 26th. So that gives us... Uh, it gives us five or four more days uh, to just kind of push up, push up uh, the half, limit half a little September. bit more. April, June, uh, November. Yes, All I, see, I forget that poem. Uh, thus far, we do want to thank everyone who has contributed to help fight childhood cancer. Yes. You know, at St. Bill, fam- at St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. So stjude.org slash material. If you haven't donated already, you still have a chance to contribute. And thank you to everyone who's contributed thus far. You are amazing. You're beautiful. And uh, this is what keeps this you are what keeps this podcast network thriving. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And now for a word from our sponsor. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. It doesn't matter if you're working on your first server or deploying a complex system. Linode are the folk to go to. They offer the fastest hardware and network with outstanding customer support if you ever need help. It's super easy to launch a Linode cloud server. And their block storage is available in Newark, Fremont, Dallas, Atlanta, Frankfurt, London, and Singapore, and soon to be released in Tokyo. Version 4 of Linode's RESTful API is out of beta and includes an officially supported Python CLI. And right now, Linode are hiring. If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, just go to linode.com careers. Linode has pricing options to suit everybody. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode have a special offer for you. As a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2019. That's material followed by 2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. 
Give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash material and promo code material2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. So I was waiting days and days and days for my Google Play Pass to come through. Now, over the weekend, there were two major major tech things that had happened, or rather major game things that had happened. So we had the launch of the Nintendo Switch Lite, which I ended up buying one, even <laughs> though I didn't need one because, you know, I've it's been a rough time and I wanted I wanted a blue Nintendo, okay? Uh just, you know, capitalism. That's how you Zelda, make take me happy. away. Just kind of go buy your something. Actually, I went in oh, for the Goose Game. Yes. The Goose Game is, yeah, that has taken the world by storm and for good reason. If you haven't checked it out, I think it's called the Untitled Goose Game. It is. They stuck with the working title of the Untitled Goose Game. I don't. It precisely. And, and don't don't go on like the Play Store and look for Untitled Goose Game because it's not available for Android. It's only available for uh, desktops and for mm-hmm. a couple consoles, including the Switch. But you will find lots of lots of really really bad adware games like Untitled Duck Day or Ducks Goose Goose without titles. Yeah, as usual. So. Uh, but um, yes. I- So, yeah, and the other thing that everybody was uh, talking about was the Apple Apple games, the Apple Arcade. Uh, Now, we're not going to talk about Apple Arcade, but I bring it up because it was very interesting to see the threads that were coming out from my pals who are diehard iOS, you know, iPhone and iPad users to hear like the games that their kids were engaging in over the weekend to just know that there's this library of games that have come out specifically for folks who want to sign up for the subscription model. So it kind of made me a little excited to enter into the Google Play Pass, right? I was like, oh, this is great. Like, wow, okay, the Apple users are really enjoying like what they've got going on here. Like, oh, I can't wait till it's my turn. Okay, enter Tuesday of this week. So I finally signed up for the Google Play Pass. Now here's the official announcement. Uh, Google's, Google's own subscription, Google's own subscription app app service. Yes, that we, we we'd heard about it because some people had had secretly mm. on the sly received like an invite to participate in a beta, in which we're all thinking, "Ooh, this could be really good." I can't wait mm. for them to hope they don't cancel it mm. before it actually becomes mm-hmm. available. So Play Pass is a, from the official description, a new subscription service that gives you access to more than 350 apps and games that are completely unlocked, all free of ads, in-app purchases, and upfront payments. Play Pass offers a high-quality curated collection of titles from Stardew Valley to AccuWeather with new apps and games added every month. So to begin, you'll get a 10-day free trial if you sign up. Uh, now, you can get to it by popping over to your Play Store app uh, on your Android device. I'm going to go do this in real time on the podcast. And then you go over into the overflow menu, which uh, typically is on the upper left-hand side. And you tap on, hey, where'd it go? Oh, you know what? I signed up for it already, yeah. so it's included in my main doc. And, um, and, and for me, it was see... like a, it was like an ad on the top deck of the of, of the page for Google Play. Okay, well, I found it in the overflow menu yeah, when I signed up for find, it. Yeah. yeah, and so you go and you sign up for Play Pass. So they're doing ten day free trial. The subscription normally costs four ninety nine a month, but early adopters, me and Andy, <laughs> get the first twelve months for a dollar ninety nine a month. 
So that's that's nice and palatable. And once an app is accepted uh, into the PlayPass system, so once you're paying for all that and it knows you've got PlayPass engaged, the ad mechanisms are disabled and any in-app purchase opportunities are presented to you as paid. It's also worth noting that any app included in this becomes a part of the family library. So if you're a parent or maybe you're me and you have a couple of besties who are like family to you and your husband and you know you just want to provide a service for them because it's like the only thing you can contribute to this world (laughs) anyway uh you know they can engage in it too and it's not just games it's calculator apps it's sound machine apps it's mostly (laughs) count yeah uh, i uh, yeah, you prob- I, I wonder if we had the same experience where like, photo apps. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I, 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 I. It's it's uh, like it's like every you look through the currency listing. converters. Yeah, exactly, and it's it really it really is like. You know, <laughs> Uh, oh god it's like every rain sound it's like it's like the sort of gifts that you get for someone like that you you buy at the drugstore at the cvs Spider pharmacy <laughs> just keep crying just yeah because like I, so i signed up for i signed up for today and it, it, today and so it's like okay mood like like white noise app white noise app meditation noise app meditation noise app so, solitaire app white noise app calculator white noise app weather app uh, calculator app, solitaire app. It's, I mean, there's, yes, there are some the, the monument values in there, uh, which is already uh, paid for it, which, yeah. And it's all, and to be fair, it's like, these are, if, if it's an app that you've heard of, it's probably an app that was really, really big two or three years ago. And now is no longer a big earner for the developers. And you compare and contrast this with, the Apple Arcade, Apple Arcade service, where, uh, like, I activated my my press loaner iPhone, uh, mm-hmm. iPhone eleven, and uh, like uh, on my way before before uh, getting my 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 Uber home, I just oh, I may as well sign up for Apple Arcade. And by the time I got like back to my house, I was already like downloaded my my eighth, ninth, tenth game because they're they're all like incredible games that were created just for this service, and they are so beautifully, gorgeously weird. That they are like this is the this is like Apple. Inv- there's Apple a golf actually, game people are playing. There's a there's unprecedented. A, <laughs> but just I, I, yeah, no, that's a good example. Uh, it's, it's called What the Golf, and so <laughs> you think that so you you play like the first one, the the, the first hole or whatever, and you think okay, well, there's a car, uh, real physics, cool, cute little cartoon guy, and okay, yes, he's hit the ball, and now he's hit the stick, great. But then, like, you get to the second hole and you swing, and now, like, the guy gets thrown, like, down, <laughs> down, like, towards the hole. And now, like, you're basically golfing with the guy. And another one where just every single hole is a different, like, joke on how you can ch- play with the physics of, of, uh, of, of, of golf, where, uh, now it's the club, or now there's, like, a hundred golf clubs on the fr- I'm what I'm I'm not trying to get you to like switch to Apple and get out Apple Arcade. I'm trying to like sort of compare and contrast with oh look oh and and now here's Pirate Solitaire, which is solitaire only with a pirate graphic background. Or a spider. 
Ooh, that's solitaire with ooh square paint. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that all of these are like all of the things that are in the play pass are terrible. I'm just saying that I went from initially thinking that well, uh, I think I thought that five bucks a month for Apple Arcade was a good deal, but this one also has uh, also has productivity. And wow, meaning for two bucks a month for a year, that is a deal. And after like 20 minutes of looking through these listings and not downloading a thing, I'm like, maybe I can cancel before I get charged my first two dollars. Hold on, hold on. Listen, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through these apps, okay? And I'm gonna find things. <laughs> the the thing about this is okay. So developers will be getting is the way that this is going to work is uh developers will get a royalty based on the amount of time that users spend in their apps and Google will keep refining the model they'll reward apps that users value uh and developer participation is by invitation only which i'm thinking that's an initial thing i mm. wonder if maybe in a year at Google IO we'll be hearing like everybody can join the play pass if they want to um the developer <laughs> blog has more information which we will link to for those of you developers out there who listen in but uh, I imagine that this is, I feel like this is a good idea for families who yeah. maybe want to track the spending of their little ones who are playing all those simple, simplistic games who, you know, you just, you have a tablet that you've uh, repurposed as kind of like the family play slate and you just want to like toss it off and go here, this is what you're allowed to play. This is what you're allowed to use. I think uh, it also... You know, again, the whole family, it's, I feel like it's more of a part of Google's trajectory to become a part of the family than it is supposed to be a kind of Apple Arcade thing where it's supposed to position it as like this, this part of a larger gaming ecosystem, if that makes sense. Because I feel like with Apple's Arcade, it's more like, hey, we're going to start, you know, we realize people are using the iPhone, iPad to play games. So we want to try and offer this to our users. Whereas with Google, I feel it's more like, hey, a lot of you have families out there. You really like the parental controls that we include, and but you don't like the fact that your children are spending hundreds of dollars on things they don't need. So maybe this is a way that you can manage it. I mean, again, yeah. this is just this is just it's, my top yeah. level look at it. I, uh, I mean, every every three or four months, it makes the it makes the like the mainstream news about how like some parent got charged like six, seven, eight hundred dollars because uh, the, their kid like figured out what the passcode was to their phone. And they wound up like all these in-app purchases on all these in-app purchases on AccuWeather. It's like that. That is like one sick, sick weather app. I'm I'm really, uh, by the way, disappointed that it's not Dark Sky included in this. Yeah. The thing is, though, Dark Sky is a hunt is a dollar ninety nine a year. Yeah. So I'd actually be overpaying for it if I were paying for it through the Play Pass. Uh, but I'm going to use this and I'm going to go through these apps. I've already like. Uh, I have a folder of PlayPass apps, and every night I'm just kind of like, all right, let's see what we got here. Okay. So I'm going to see, you know, maybe there's some gems in the store that I haven't, yeah. you know, checked out yet. Um, I, I, but I am bummed because, like, Stardew Valley paid for it, and that's like an $8 game. Uh, I've also paid for all of the Reigns um, because Leah Alexander is one of the writers yeah. on uh, those games, and I'm a huge fan of hers. And of course, I wanted to toss money her way for those things. And so, <laughs> you know, my money's already flown out the window for those developers. <laughs> so, but we'll see. Who, 
you know, we'll let's see. Give it's, it it's, some time. It's, I, just, I just wish it didn't feel quite so much like uh, Google. Uh, Google found out about Apple Arcade because it was, it was announced like months and months and months ago. And they just had a quick meeting and decided, what can we throw together and have released in the fall so that we can say we have our own it's subscription possible. app service? It does. It doesn't feel like they. It was a that it was anybody's pride and joy inside of Google to create this thing. That's all. I understand what you mean by that. I also, but I also am deeply committed to my to my idea that don't know. it's. Nope. It's not a, I don't know why I said deeply committed. I don't know why I chose those exact words. Uh, but I, I just want to go with my gut feeling that, I don't know, we should talk to somebody at Google about this too, I think. We should get some insight. You want, you, because... you, you want, you, you want to see the good in, any, in everybody. That's a, that's yeah, a very, very well, laudable and, thing. But it's also just thinking as a consumer, like when you're in those meeting, those meeting rooms and you're together with your team and you're trying to think, okay, well, what can we do to differentiate ourselves? And I just think Google, Google's a family brand. They want to be a family brand, which I don't really think of Apple as that. I think Apple is an individualist brand. Like you get into Apple because you want to be part of this design paradigm, part of this, this, this movement. Uh, whereas I feel like Google is like, well, we have our family and we want to like think about what we could do the best for our family. You know, so well, maybe it's my own. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> um, so we were talking about earlier Chromebooks. So, and you know, kind of what grinds our gears about them, but we still love them. You know, uh, so nine to five Google is reporting Google's next laptop is the Pixelbook Go with a 13.3 inch 4K display, which sounds like a very high resolution display at that size. I'm indeed it, it almost feels too much. But what do I know? I'm uh, <laughs> just a tech journalist. So uh, according to multiple sources familiar with the plan, the Pixelbook Pixelbook Go will be one of those devices that's announced at October's Made by Google event. Um, it's a successor to the original Pixelbook, but it's made more like a conventional laptop. So it's a traditional clamshell design, not a two-in-one. Uh, so you're not going to be able to flip it over and do, you know, that magic that you do when you flip over a device. Uh, and though it does have a touchscreen, because I, I feel like that's just, if you're a Windows or Chromebook user, you got to be able to touch it. Uh, it's not compatible with a Pixelbook pen. Okay, I, I could see why, because I mean, you can't it, flip it over. Exactly, so. 13.3-inch widescreen display with up to 4K resolution, which, again, Andy and I are scratching our heads about, because I'm sure I'm sure having that laptop on the side of the bathtub will be great when you're catching up on your, you know, your your stories. <laughs> That's how well, I use that, my Chromebook. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, that, that has to be Stadia, don't you think? Oh, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting about Stadia. You're right, Andy. Um, two USB-C ports and a headphone jack, like the original Pixelbook. Nine to Five Google says we're told the Pixelbook Go will come in Intel Core M3, i5, and i7 configurations with either eight gigs or sixteen gigs of RAM and sixty-four, one hundred twenty-eight, or two hundred fifty-six gigs of storage. Folks, go for the i5. Just. <laughs> Do, do yourself a favor. Just trust me on that one. Uh, pricing is said to be, well, let's talk about pricing. Pricing is said to be roughly in line with the original Pixelbook, meaning starting at $7.99. Okay. That's okay, which yeah. means that the i5 configuration with 128 gigs is going to be up there. Yeah. I wish, I, I, 
there, it, this was a di- the the Pixel Book was an entirely different product in my mind. Where mm. when this was before we before we actually had Linux, and while we had mm-hmm, all of mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. white hot rumors of Google trying to get a Windows 10 certification for a, an fun. upcoming unreleased device, and we know we know what happened. It's not as though like oh that was they got mixed that up with a hot pretzel day at the at, on the on the Mountain View campus. And at that point, you say, "Well, you know, that I was wondering why they were selling these like fifteen hundred dollar i seven based Chromebooks of all things. Now it's because they're going to wipe the table and make a make a triple boot machine. Like, no, it it really is just going to be a Chromebook. And yes, you can run Linux on it, but they've even now they've yet to create a, an approach to Linux that makes it feel like." It's as important as Chrome OS, mm-hmm, as Chrome mm-hmm, apps. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Even and I mean, uh, I mean, the we were talking about uh, when you when I'm when we're tra- when we're packing for a, for a trip, like I'm 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 sort of getting in my mind of what I'm going to be taking for to New York uh, for the Google mm-hmm. event in a couple of weeks, and it's like, uh, but I have to do a, I have to do a streaming live video H pod, podcast. And does and that by default means I have to take my MacBook with me because, like I've uh, because yes, there's Chrome OS has Skype on it, but it doesn't support like the external devices I need. Or okay, well, what if mm-hmm. I use Skype for Linux, but the but Christini does, still doesn't support certain types of USB devices, and so if you need to have an actual microphone plugged in or support of a built-in uh, built-in uh, webcam, uh, the last time I checked, it was still impossible. I'm going to check again in case the situation has changed. It just bumps me out that when you have a device that uh, if you've plunked uh, an, uh, all the money for an i7 <laughs> with 16 gigabytes of working ram that is a lot of memory that is a lot of memory well for a i'm thinking Isn't android it? studio i'm thinking okay that's true yeah that's the only reason i would uh, i'm coming to the conclusion for that much memory is that they want Google wants to continue to say, "Hey, this is this is your portable Android Studio machine. Plus, you can do A, B, and C with it." Right. But I think you were right on about the Stadia thing because imagine all that RAM. Well, I guess again, ah, crap. Stadia is. I, see, I have to like go back through my knowledge of computing and remember like what it is that is. Uh, so the streaming, a lot of that happens through the processor. But I guess yeah, the memory matters there too. Anyway, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's. I don't think that there'll ever be a Chrome OS strategy that doesn't leave us scratching our heads in one category or another, and yet wanting to buy one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> if you if you present when I saw the uh, nine to five Google, by the way, uh, broke the story. So this is like everyone else got the story from nine to five Google. When I saw read this article and they the, I saw the name was the Pixel Book Go. The first thing I thought is, okay, so they realized that in addition to having like a $1,000 uh, uh, laptop-like one, they should have like a $500 one that not, not necessarily competes mm-hmm. with the educational ones, but at least does the job of a Pixel by saying, here is what an optimal version of this sort of device could be, or they actually want to get into <laughs> selling some of these hardware. I did not expect, let's 
let's charge as much for the pixel book but let's make sure it looks boring it will only come in uh like sort of a very very office like uh dark gray black there's also a pinkish hue with some sort of a clever name to the color but it's not like it comes in rainbow colors if they've what makes the for me what makes the pixel book work so well what makes so many uh, Chromebooks work so well is when you have a two-in-one that you can really that can really take the place of the sort of things that I would use a tablet for, like the the number of times where I just have uh, I've taken a trip and I've taken I have because of podcasts or whatever uh, taken my MacBook and my Chromebook the uh, just being able to rotate the screen around and just have like this easel screen. That's just doing my Netflix or doing something on the on the hotel room desk while I'm at it. That's to if you if you turn it into a basic clamshell laptop, it's not quite as attractive to me. I would at that point I would much rather say, well, let's take a look at like four hundred dollar like Dell and HP and Samsung Chromebooks. That if I and if I buy Samsung, I'll I'll get that stylus back. So. We'll see. <laughs> Dockable I, stylus, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Dex. <laughs> Even. Um, uh, well, we'll see. I we'll like we'll find is... it in a couple of weeks, I guess, huh? Oh, yes. October is always big. It's a big month. Uh, I got married in October, and Google always has an event. So for me, <laughs> October's a big month. Oh, and it's Halloween, which I'm not going to be able to decorate this year because I'm trying to sell my house. And apparently, putting up ghoulies in the window and all like I try to do a little decoration for the kids you know where I use all the smart lights and yeah. I put like skeletons and creepy things in the window and all the kids come by and they go oh my god and it's so cute but I can't do that this year you know that, that's another important thing <laughs> don't let on to any prospective buyers that you've been handing out full-size bars all of these years because well, the if, they is, know, if, if they know if they know I need them to pass along so that peop- the kids know to come find me when we move. <laughs> so not only do they get the experience, but they also get the Costco-sized candy bars. Thank you, Costco, <laughs> for providing us every year with full-size candy bars. Uh, let's go into another ad break so that I can afford those candy bars. <laughs> yes, and the dental work that, that ensues. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our brilliant friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom are brilliant because they help keep your sites and the sites you love online. Pingdom monitor your site so you don't have to and give you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is awesome, but stuff does break all the time. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need alerts about any critical website issues. They'll let you customize how you are alerted depending on the severity of an outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load times so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom have a no-fuss approach to getting started All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they'll take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. 
So another interesting tidbit that came across uh, what I call my Twitter feed. Twitter is how I get my news still after all these years, just because I'm like following basically every person that, you know, we work tangentially with. Andy, you know, it's like it's a it's a way we all keep up with this industry. And so uh, naturally on that YouTube or excuse me, on that Twitter list, I have friends who are and colleagues and people I follow who are uh, on the YouTubes. So one thing that came about, and actually, Andy, you tweeted about this. You were like, "Oh, I didn't even realize that I was a verified user." Yeah, I got I, I got this I got this email from YouTube and about uh, saying that uh, saying that oh well uh, we're going to be removing your your verified check mark and here's why we're doing that and and here's what your policy is and my reactions were like. YouTube is removing my verified check mark on my account, followed by I I had a verified check mark on my account, followed by oh that's right you haven't actually made a video in two or three years has it been you just you because I, I never really found the groove for making a video like every single day or every single week it's still there and I'll, maybe I'll post something to it but it was a nice reminder I, so I wasn't I wasn't as horked off as a lot of people people with. So let's say a couple of million followers who make their living posting YouTube videos who also got this like boilerplate email saying that we're removing your verified check mark and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> and, and and you're almost certainly not going to get it back. Yeah, I saw a lot of those threads going around. So the official email and Andy, did you get this official email? This, I did. I did get the official exact, email. I felt kind of this flattered. exact vernacular. I, I have like okay. thirty five hundred. I have thirty five hundred followers. I don't know when I got verified, but I got verified, and I haven't posted video for like two years or so, maybe three. Hmm. So Google wrote, we're writing to let you know that we're updating the eligibility criteria for channel verification on YouTube. Unfortunately, with these changes, your channel no longer meets the criteria to be verified. We realize this might be disappointing, but we believe these updates will make channel verification more consistent for users and creators across YouTube. Um, So verified creators get, and this is why a lot of the panic ensued, uh, which, by the way, the New York Times has uh, a lot of reactions from folks who do make a living off of YouTube. And we'll post that link in the show notes. Verified creators now get more prominent placement in comic threads on others' videos. Creators, uh, because of this change, creators are also worried that their videos won't be as likely to be included in suggested or promoted videos, which, yeah, I would, if I'm trying to, like, start channel on YouTube trying to get noticed, I it feels like I'm not a part of this special group that gets yeah. visibility. Um, you know, and there's, again, as Andy put here in the notes, there's a perceived cachet about being a have instead of a have not. And I definitely do feel that way with YouTube. Yeah. I feel like there a lot of, a lot goes around with that. Well, that, well that, that's that's how you that that, that is how you, you you turn like a tight knit community into like elites and serfs mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. if you just take ten percent of them at random and say that oh well you know how like we all have uh, like regular Boston Red Sox caps you ten percent get to wear white Boston Red Sox caps with red logos on them mm-hmm. and suddenly like that it means nothing. 
but hey, not everybody gets to have this. I noticed this person because he's got the white cap. What did he do? What, what can I do to have the white cap? And even though like the verify, I, I, again, I reiterate, I, it's such a transforming honor that I had no idea that I had been verified at some point <laughs> in my non-use of YouTube. But it's like, oh, but all, all I know is that others people a small group of people have this check mark and i don't and what one of the comments that's made in the new york times article by one of the creators is that like if i'm trying mm-hmm. i'm trying to get the, uh, i'm paraphrasing but she was saying something along the lines of like i'm well my entire so much of my effort in making this my career is getting people to take me seriously and getting advertisers to take me seriously and i don't i don't care if people misunderstand what that check mark means the, the fact that i have it and most people don't if that gives me like 82 cents worth of of uh, of more credibility in someone's eyes i need that 82 cents worth of more credibility it's completely understandable so youtube uh explained that they wanted to make changes to the verified check mark including the check mark itself they had said in the original blog post through our research we found that viewers often associated the check mark with endorsement of content not identity to which i'm like uh, okay <laughs> But because on Twitter, it's an endorsement of identity. It's like, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah. It, uh, if a, I see the check mark, I go, oh, it's right. really you, or this is your official account. This is the one that I'm going to interact with. And I imagine that that would have carried over to YouTube because I don't know. <laughs> I also don't hang out a lot on YouTube. So maybe I'm missing something. Um, They also wanted to update the function of verification. So the blog post said, our new criteria prioritizes verifying prominent channels that have a clear need for proof of authenticity. We look at a number of factors to determine if a channel meets this criteria. Uh, I am very curious, by the way, how this is going to affect the trash-talking beauty vloggers because (laughs) there's this, well, there's a lot of pettiness on YouTube. Granted, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of pettiness on YouTube. There are people who do like gossip videos and things like that where they just go kind of slam. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, how are you supposed to offer authenticity and prominence to a channel like that? Like I could understand the check mark verifying the identity of that. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a no. non-cursing word for the no, person. I, no, I think, <laughs> I, I think we're filling in the blanks very nicely. But yeah, what they're what they're saying is that they're trying to uh, they 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 figure that the 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 role of the of uh, verification going forward is going to be so that if uh, to be to use a huge example, make sure that Coca Cola's official video channel is not mistaken for you know cola fanciers or K O K A K O L A of Atlanta, Georgia. So, so, this, so the people who visit, who use YouTube, don't mistake, who want to actually get something from the official channel, aren't getting from someplace else. Like when I, like when I, when I know, when I've heard like on Twitter that hey, the new trailer for this movie has officially dropped. Mm-hmm. I, I will of course do a search for on YouTube, but how many times do I have to sift past 
Like, geez, all these people that as soon as they heard that the, that the video dropped, they created like a 30-second video of mm-hmm. him. Hey, dudes, make sure you check out the new vi- the new uh, Frozen 2 uh, trailer and then come right back and hit that like and subscribe. Like, actually, no, I, I, I didn't do the search to look at you and your T-shirt in, in your bedroom yelling about the, 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 tra- the, the, the Frozen 2 trailer. I want to try I want to find the official trailer. Uh, and also, and also making sure they're also trying to make the point that if nobody knows or cares who you are, you don't really need to be verified. No one, no one is trying to pretend to be Ouch. Gern Blanston. Well, you know, I, I didn't mean it that way. I just meant that, like that. That's like if if you if you think that you're being followed. Like if you, if you think if you think that uh, if you think that there's a government conspiracy to keep you personally from getting to the library and finding out uh, how to like exp- add an addition to your deck, like mm-hmm. that that is a that is a big hunk of ego coming to your surface. That you really think that the government that the federal government is interested in your building a deck and will do anything to stop you from doing that. So that. It's it's yeah, and and it's it's a weird thing too because you uh, reading the New York Times article, I, I once again I'm confronted by uh, this thing I don't understand where so and so who has uh, five million followers, uh, mi- million uh, uh, subscribers on YouTube, and that that is a huge audience, and well well done to that person for developing that that huge community, but I'm always gobsmacked that. Anybody can have an audience of five million, and I have—I don't even have fractional name awareness. Like again, I'm aware of Room Two Twenty Two. Never seen an episode of mm-hmm. it. Have no idea whether it's a comedy, whether it's a drama, whatever. Mm-hmm. I know there's a guy with big hair. That's all. But see, I'm at least aware of it. I'm, I mean, it's a dramedy, by the way. Okay, sorry. Go on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's 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 weird to me that someone who I would pass, but. They, if if this celebrity like uh, were uh, eating lunch like at the corner deli in my neighborhood, and like I didn't notice them, like they would feel as though oh he knows exactly who I am. He must hate me and hate everything I stand for, and he's trying to make me feel bad by pretending that he doesn't know who I. Like, I no, truly, I didn't. I have no idea who you are. It's. I'm, I'm sure you're a great person. I'm not judging you because I actually don't know enough about you to judge you if I were a judgmental person. So, so, but that, but that's the sort of stuff that Google is, they're trying to redefine what that check mark means. And, but the, I think, I think the really big problem was that, and this comes through in a lot of the chatter that's been happening, just the idea that here is yet again, like we, if I'm a creator who makes his, makes their living off of YouTube, there's been for the past couple of years, particularly YouTube has been full of just unexpected blows from left and right that we've hi, this is to inform you that we've made a completely arbitrary decision that we have not informed you about that was coming. And there's absolutely that will absolutely destroy your ability to make money off this platform. So essentially, we are firing you from your job. And there's absolutely no way nothing you can do uh, to uh, to talk about this or to change this decision. So when you just get when you have millions of followers, and you get an email saying, by the way, we're 
removing your check mark. We don't. You, we're not going to give you reasons why you particularly got your check mark taken away from you. But rest assured, there's absolutely no way to get that back. Um, but apparently there was because you just make a big honk and stink about it because it's it's weird to hurt the feelings of somebody who your relationship business relationship is that you give them a platform that allows them to talk to millions of people because <laughs> the first thing they're going to do is make a video about how how the hell am i am i like no longer verifiable look you've got 5 million of you people out there and so the very very next day via twitter uh they announced yep. that okay we are still going to proceed with our revamping of uh, of verification but Anybody who already has a verification check mark will get to keep that verification check mark. So, hey, yes, me with my 3,500. Thank you all, 3,500 of you, probably 800 that are not bots and two that would even be remember my name if my uh, if I posted a video and it actually came came up in your subscriptions. But hey, thank you very much. It's like I said, it's. It's I, I'm not uh, I don't care I don't care. the only time I cared about losing it is when I was made aware that I had it to begin with. <laughs> so I am a hypocrite. Well, Andy, I feel like now you better try and get on that train to monetize it because I, I feel, don't know. Well, I, 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 I feel as though step one will be to actually shoot a video and and then just as importantly, uh, to post then you it. have to edit it. You have to like do all this stuff because mm. making videos is a lot of work. <laughs> just. Just well, a sorry, reminder I out there. I, I really don't want to. I, I have a stand-up shower in my house. I, my 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 uh, my condo. I don't want to have to like build a bathtub just to fill it with uh, with milk and cereal twice. So we do that. Ooh, look, hey, wow. Ooh, I've got 4,800 4, gallons oh, of cream a week. Man, you're just reminding me how awful it really all is. Yeah. Uh, there are less anybody. Of YouTube. Who, See, the, 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 there the, are. the thing that keeps there me are. off of YouTube is the fact that all of my favorite channels are people who are extremely clever and work very, very hard exactly. and do incredible things. And so I can't I can't be like Tech Moan. I can't be like can't be like ContraPoints who always yep. doing the best job out there. It's uh yeah. I'm gonna let the professionals do the profesh. <laughs> and I'm just gonna be over here talking into a microphone. Yes. <laughs> Uh, let's take, take another, another yes. yeah, quick little break, and then uh, we will finish it off. This episode of Material is brought to you by Kensington, the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. You can get access to more ports and make your slick MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. It's plug-and-play with no drivers, so you can enjoy up to dual 4K display with HDMI and DisplayLink video connectors, plus USB 3.0, USB-C, and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience in high-volume manufacturing of hardware IT products. Plus, rigorous test cycles and quality control means all their products are tested above industry standards. If you're an IT decision maker looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, check Kensington's Pro Concierge program and test drive a docking solution today. Visit kensington.com slash material right now to check out Kensington. That's kensington.com slash material to learn more. Our thanks to Kensington for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. 
So this was actually a piece on in our notes last week, but we ran out of time because Andy and I had a lot to say about wearables. And, you know, <laughs> I think that was a very good podcast. So please go back and listen to 221 if you haven't already. And, and can I say that after after wearing yes. the Apple Watch Series 5 for only two days, I am even more upset and disappointed with Android Wear <laughs> or Wear OS than I've ever been we don't have to get into it. I'm just saying that, like, why can't why can't Android Wear have a watch that's as slim and pretty as this and it works as nice as that? That's all I'm saying. We can I know. On. I know. I'm still. I am disappointed. <sighs> I know. I'm still on that train, too. Uh, so last week, Fast Company posted this great article by Katrina Brooker called with the headline, Google's quantum bet on the future of AI and what it means for humanity. You know, we often forget, I think, that Google has pretty much all the computing power, data, and talent to pursue its artificial intelligence endeavors, which is why it is so ahead of the pack of so many other companies in Silicon Valley. I mean, it's a reason why when we go to Google I.O., AI is the big theme around all of the demonstrations. It's like the big, it's a thread that binds, that binds Google. And it's, I mean, that's what you're using when you have a Google home in your house. Like you have, that's the fruits of that, of those labor, those labors. Wow. My English is going. As soon as Sundar Pichai took over as the head of Google, that was the first Mm -hmm. thing he said is that that we are going to shift ourselves into being an AI based company. And after people thinking, oh, well, it seems like something that a new CEO would say to make sure he looks good in front of the cameras, but then not actually have a plan. Uh, but no, it's like everything, every single thing that we use that's a, that's a Google product is somehow has the AI pixie dust sprinkled all over it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, kind of just an interesting little tidbit. We're going to put the link for this in the show notes. If you haven't read it already, I think this would be a good uh, long read to dive into with your weekend coffee or tea. So when asked how Google determines whether a project is good or bad for society, Sunar Pichai cites something called the lip reading project, quote unquote. A team of engineers had an idea to use AI in cameras to read lips. The intention was to enable communication for nonverbal people. However, some raised concerns about unintended consequences. Could bad actors use it for surveillance through street cameras? The engineers tested it on street cams, CCTV, and other public cameras and determined that the AI needs to be close up to work. Google published a paper detailing the effort, confident that, for now, it can be used safely. So the article, it, it really brings us into what uh, what is the result of having all of this AI in our lifetime. I think we have seen this lip reading. I mean, we've seen uh, deep fakes have been quite a topic of conversation over the last couple of months. Uh, really, really passing for the real thing in some cases. But then you think about the other side of the spectrum, which is when you're at Google I.O. and Google's talking about accessibility features and how this is helping folks. I mean, this is this is a part of live caption. This is how live caption works yeah. effectively. It's reading... I, it's reading the lips. It's listening to the sound in the background to try and like give you the sound effects that are happening. Um, there's a give and a take for this kind of technology existing in our society. Yeah, and it, well, that's one of the things I really liked about that article was how it really does show off that 
Google really does think about this sort of stuff. I don't think that Amazon and God help us, Facebook, really think too hard about what's the effect of this technology going to be on society where uh, Amazon will say, hey, here's our face recognition technology. We're going to call it recognition with a K to make it sound more, even more Kafka-esque as it's going to be. And yes, we will let law enforcement let anybody use this. And unless you take it there, yes, exactly. And Facebook <laughs> and Facebook being being just as bad, if not worse. It's good to get these stories out about uh, about a company like Google that is like, yes, this is a good thing, but is there a, what's is there a danger that we're creating something we're going to regret later on, uh, and actually having to really really think it through? Uh, and so that's that's why uh, all of Google's sins remain Google's sins, and they still need to make penance for every bad thing they do, both internally and externally. But however, this is why I have a, a, a lot of faith that a lot of my friends who are Apple people don't understand. This is why I have hmm. faith in Google because I do believe that in their heart they have a sense of right and wrong and they do not want to do wrong things. As a matter of fact, you, you brought up deepfakes, but another story that I think just broke today – I think what just today uh, Google released a huge data set of deep fakes so that if someone mm. if you want to train a machine learning model to recognize deep fakes here is a huge data set that is collected of examples of deep fakes so that you could look for things that could be used to train an AI to spot these things so mm-hmm. this, and this is not something that will make Google money this is not something that will even make Google prestige because it's too esoteric to be something they could really make bank on. But nonetheless, they saw an opportunity to do something positive and they did that thing. So and I'm sure I'm sure that I just want you this next week when, when we get news of something horrible that we have to talk about regarding <laughs> Google's practices. Uh, but realize that it's on the surf that it's for me, at least it's attached to a faith that they do know right from wrong. Sometimes, though, they have to spend some time thinking about something before the angel on one shoulder shouts down the, the devil on the other shoulder. Well, and not to mention, if you are coming out with this kind of technology that people are using, you got to be able to back it up. Yeah, and and that just shows that if Google's thinking a step, I mean, that's I'm glad that they're doing that. Uh, doesn't you know? Doesn't necessarily mean everything is going to be used for good because the world is as the world is. Yeah. Well, they're also responsible for TensorFlow. Uh, which is yep. the, one of the two leading like uh, s- uh, a systems for developing machine learning models, and part of the pr- part of the purpose of TensorFlow is to create business for uh, their cloud computing platform. And every time that Google is uh, prodded in the ribs and or hit over the head with a cudgel. Uh, by American military saying that, well, they're helping the Chinese with their artificial intelligence efforts and they're letting their employees tell them not to work on American military projects. Usually what they're talking about is that they have – that the, the Chinese uh, private and government researchers have access to this free thing called TensorFlow that they're giving to everybody and they don't have a way to say that we don't approve of this thing that you're writing with TensorFlow and we're going to make sure you can't do that whether by design or by simple failure of scale. So, yeah, it's it's a complicated it's hard to be this big in a world that's that's this small, but at least they kind of understand that when they burp, uh, they can knock down entire forests. So, please don't do that. 
Speaking of burping, uh, and hey. this is our <laughs> this is our last little tidbit uh, for today's podcast, and this is a fun one. So this Friday, uh, you might be listening to us because I understand end of the week you want to listen to your favorite podcast. Long day week. Oh no! I'm sorry. I was looking ahead to Columbus Day weekend. That's not or Indigenous Peoples Day weekend. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) I'm I'm totally on on the side of people who want to find something more productive to use with that three day with that Monday holiday. That's why I've been researching uh, like uh, the the native population of California versus the emissions that went up because that's like all we've like learned about. And you know, I'm trying to prepare my anyway uh so anyway. google can legally drink on friday Yay. everybody party uh <laughs> that's a good one andy uh company traditionally celebrates his birthday on september 27th now you're just doing apple sounds and i don't know that i can allow that Sorry. on this podcast um it's okay but it's the drop i know the drop okay <laughs> um and this friday is september 27th Google turns 21. So everybody celebrate. It also means Google is a Libra for those of you who follow along in the Zodiac. Uh, So Google, I guess, is balanced. You do with that what you will. Uh, Will Google (laughs) announce something? Offer a sale on booze? Google gin? Wouldn't that be something? (laughs) Yeah, there's, yeah. So uh, in past years, they have, they've marked it by doing Something or other, whether it's announcing new features for the assistant or having like a one-day sale on the Google Store, uh, so eh, maybe keep your uh, keep your eyes open and your ears point, pointed towards your 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 Google transponder to see. I'm I'm I have decided that if I, if there's a Google Home Max speaker sale at any point underneath a certain amount of money. I don't care what my finances are on that day. I'm going to buy a second Google Home Max speaker on that day because I've come so close so many times. There's, I have a number in mind, and I'm hoping that maybe there'll be a clearance, or maybe they'll uh, they'll they'll change the color of that white to a sort of like bone eggshell, and decide that the old white ones have to go, and so they're going to be. But so yes, this 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 is why this Friday kind of has my full and complete attention. There's a mosquito uh, hunting me right now, just so everybody knows. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, anyway. no, uh, you know we got we got the eastern equine encephalitis up here in New England. I'm uh, I, I fully support your your swatability, even though I don't think the the triple E has been spotted. I in didn't the Bay catch area. it, by the way. It flew away. Which you gosh, let it go. Oh, should have killed to. it. I was I was trying not to be rude by living in the middle of you talking and like leaving the <laughs> mic down to anyway. Uh, that is the end of our show yes. for this week. Um, I, Andy, I think we did a great show. I think we did do a great show. Yeah. A wonderful yeah. show. And I, I hope that the listeners agree with that. And I just want to hone in because this is our last show of the month of September. If you, again, would like to contribute to yes. the Relay FM St. Jude uh, fundraiser, help us just kind of like end on a really, really high note, that would be awesome. stjude.org slash material is the way to go. Uh, we are there. Everybody's there. Thank you to everybody who's participated. Boy, what a week. Um, Andy, what do you have coming up? Uh, are you going to be on the radio this week? Are you going to be on the radio for the 21st birthday of Google? Mm, unfortunately not. So, oh, I, I guess, so, no so I guess that I was, I was gonna like my, my, my birthday gift to 21st birthday gift to Google. I was hoping to do it like on the day, but I'll, I'll give it to you early, uh, 
there's a, there's a rhyming uh, rhyming slang or a rhyming scheme to remember most most important things in your mm. in your future life. Google beer then liquor never sicker liquor then beer never fear. But maybe even more important than that, I know that Lyft and Uber are competitors, business competitors that you're trying to like quash like the bugs that you feel they are. But if you do drink. Call a car. Call a car. That's what they're there for. Come. Pick well, your, pick Lyft up. technically has all that money from Google, right? So mm, call so, okay, Lyft. True. Invest, <laughs> or, or use one of them self-driving cars, but not the ones yeah. where you have any ability to interfere with the drive whatsoever. No. So that would be the Chrysler vans, which, by the way, have become very popular minivans amongst the full of children. <laughs> no, what else to say that I didn't. Couldn't think of any other vernacular. Parents, I think uh, the word is. Andy, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> As usual, spell my last name, I-H-N-A-T-K-O. Visit me on Twitter or Instagram or on my website, anatko.com. Unfortunately, you will be seeing lots of pictures for the next week or two from the iPhone 6. I was up at the crack of, oh, my God, this morning because there's like a sort of like mm-hmm. a, 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 Golden hour. a nature reserve, like preserve, protected area. That's within walking distance of my house. So I decided, eh, okay, I'm going to just like set the alarm after like two or three hours of sleep so I can like get sunrise photos in this really, really pretty place. And unfortunately, I've, I forgot that the last time that I took this walk, uh, the, you could walk across, there's, there had been some rain. And so because it's wetlands, a part that used to be easily walk acrossable was now like get drenched up to your hips sort of and i didn't decide to cross that place so i didn't get to the spot that had the great spot Aww. for but uh, but there'll be more pictures uh, and more stuff like that coming lots of andy selfies by the way which <laughs> are looking good lucky, but lucky you <laughs> i'm very very curious to see if it's as good as the pixel 3 um, or the Pixel as, 4, yes. Or, yeah, or the Pixel 4. I know. It's not here yet, though. Uh, as for me, you can find me on FlorenceLion.com. I'll be updating my website soon. I got a lot of exciting stuff coming. Articles, stories. Follow me on Twitter, Twitch, Snapchat, Instagram, at oh, that flow. Uh Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> well, plus and it, here. Plus, I mean, <laughs> uh, what, I, what I loved last time I, last time I was there... Uh, you were talking. You were posting a little bit about the move and about how, uh, like, you got this uh, this chest packed full of gold coins that you've had in your family for like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred years. But because you haven't moved it in so long, all the coins are fused together, and you can't even lift it. So you're just going to have to like leave it on the property, which is heartbreaking. But boy, what what a boon for whoever decides to buy that house of yours. Andy, you do know I come from Eastern European villagers, right? Exactly, <laughs> fleeing, fleeing the czars, the, the czars. We, troops. we didn't have gold. We just have a lot of chickens. <laughs> it's well. There, anybody there, needs there eggs. There you go. Give, 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 uh, give a, a person a chest full of gold. They can buy eggs for what a couple of weeks. Give a person chickens that have been handed down from generation to generation. They have fresh eggs for life, assuming they feed them, assuming that the hawks and the foxes don't get – there's a lot to chickens, I think. But still, work with me. I'm I'm trying to get – I'm trying to help you sell a house. If there's pirate gold somewhere in the house Uh that you you personally have never spoken of or acknowledged, you are legally Uh – you've got a buffer. You've got a firewall there. Yeah. The house is on a raised foundation, so who knows what's down there. There you go. There you go. Uh, All right. So until next week. That's a bye from me and Andy. Bye.
I mean, the, the the previous owner probably didn't strip all the jewelry off of uh, off of all those people before before they buried them. So <laughs> there could be a Rolex like down there. Ah, uh, that would explain the ants. <laughs> oh, no, 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 crap! No, no, no. I was supposed to you sell my doubloons, house. Pieces, doubloons and pieces yeah, of eight. Doubloons, doubloons. Right, right, right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 